Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching! <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or eBooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey team, just Dave here at the start of the episode to tell you that we have just put on sale a fundraising show on February the 20th at Howler in Brunswick in Melbourne. It's just a couple of weeks away and we are teaming up with our good friends at Sands Pants Radio and uh, the show is raising money for Wildlife Victoria because, I don't know if you know, but Australia has been devastated by bushfires at the start of this year. Some of them are still going. We've lost hundreds of millions of uh, native animals and we decided to come together with our podcasting buddies and put on a one-off show just to raise some money. And basically how the night works is they're going to do a live Plumbing the Death Star, which is one of our favourite podcasts, and uh, they'll have some guests on that. And then we have a little break and then we'll come back and have a game show hosted by myself and Jackson Bailey from Sans Pants, and it is Planet Broadcasting versus Sans Pants Radio. So there'll be a lot of podcasters there. You'll see Claire Tonti, Mr. Sunday Movies, Nick Mason, Jess and Matt will also be there facing off against the team from Sans Pants, and uh, it's all in the name of a good cause. So if you, you are interested and you can make it in Melbourne, the tickets are on sale now, and there is a link in the description of this episode. So come along, see us uh trying to feed each other in uh, p- for podcasting glory and uh, all the while raising money for Wildlife Victoria. All right, cool. I'm with the show. Hey, 
Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicke and I'm sitting here with Jess Perkins and a man that may sound a little <laughs> bit like Matt Stewart. What do you mean a little bit? I feel, I reckon I feel silly like Matt Stewart. Oh, I said that word wrong. I said silly when I meant sound. Okay, there's a... <laughs> We're going to play a little game with the listeners, and that is one of us has been drinking, but we won't tell you which one. And yeah. you oh, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> one of us. So it's it's 12 hours after one of us has been drinking. <laughs> 12 hours. Like a moron has been drinking for 12 hours. Honestly, no one obviously has been drinking for 12 hours. Let's figure out who has been doing it. <laughs> Hey, who hasn't had any lunch or dinner today but 14 plus beers? Okay, thank God. All right, great. That'll make it easy for the listeners. All right, Jess, say a word. Banana. Okay, Dave? Grapefruit. Okay, Matt. (laughs) Oh, no, he fucked it up. (laughs) Bananas. So we just wanted, we just needed Matt to speak at the start so to confirm he is here. He still hasn't missed an episode. <laughs> yes, that's um, right. He's really doing this um, not because he wants to, but because he feels like he has he to. He has to. And but the beauty of it is the 49 is lost. So not only am I here, but I'm also a loser. Again. So it is. we're recording the day of the Super Bowl, which is the day before, no, a couple of days before this comes out. And Matt got up and it was about 9 a.m. kickoff for Melbourne a, time. Uh, yeah, it was, well, it was there, 9 o'clock, I had a beer. And, All right, so you had uh, got to have pre-drinks for the uh, 10 a.m. Yep, kickoff. But it was a 10.30. It felt weird when I had a beer. And, uh, and I'm like, well, at least I'll have time for a nap. Somehow mm. I missed the nap. And I've been drinking for like 14 hours. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. Anyway, I cannot wait to sit quietly as mm. one of you two tells an interesting story. Just want to flag that there is a couch in your office <laughs> and he's got that bin. That is the sound him. of a bin, okay. uh, which is uh, oh. half full of trash. But if, you, if one of us, we won't say which one needs to vomit, they will be yes. using that bit. So one of the three of us has been drinking since <laughs> 9 a.m. this morning, yeah. about 14 hours ago. 12. At, it's 9 p.m. Is it 9 p.m.? Yeah. Okay, so 13 hours. Well, actually, <laughs> one of the three of us is probably fine. You can't do maths. <laughs> is that no, not It'd be great if you got the ability to From do maths nine, better. 9 a.m. to yes. 9 p.m. Okay. So Same time 17 zone. hours. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, I'll. What? Sorry. One of us will sit here. I cannot believe how similar your jumpers are. Am I lost my plot? <laughs> A little bit. Okay. Well, I'm going to quietly sit back here because no. I'm the one who's sober here today. <laughs> Before you do, could you explain how this show works? Oh, okay. I'd love to know. Oh well. So okay. Much. Well, one of the three of us watches the Super Bowl. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> and the other two, one of the other two uh, researches a topic and one of the other three knows what that topic's about and then one of those four or five <laughs> understands what's going on and they ask a question that brings us on to the topic and one of us will do it now. It won't be me because I've been the sober one and one of the other three or four will ask the question and that'll get us on to the topic and we'll... All have a good time. Yeah, great. Cannot wait for the plot twist where at the end of the episode I reveal that I've had 16 beers. (laughs) (laughs) He sounded fine. He sounds normal. Yeah, I can't wait for that too because it was actually just Pop Perkins. (laughs) 
just pop back and but, but I've secretly also been drinking all day. Just yeah. haven't told you. I drove here. That's not a good idea. <laughs> Never drink and drive. Matt definitely did not do Why that. Why is the studio spinning? <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Now, uh, it is just a turn to do a topic, so she's going to ask a question to get us onto that topic. I, I don't know what it is. Matt might have somehow gotten drunk and worked out what it is. Yes, it is 72. When he's drunk, he's telepathic. He's been drinking for 72 hours. It's amazing. Uh, okay, my question is, which former spy is credited with introducing French cuisine to America. (laughs) Why are you asking gibberish? (laughs) It's Queen Elizabeth II. Um, A French spy. Are they French? No. They brought it back with them. They brought French cuisine to America. Oh. Is it um, Garçon? It's not Garçon. (laughs) Is it uh, Guy Fieri? No. Is it it Anthony Bourdain? I'm trying to think of American chefs. That's the only two I know. Yeah. Who else is a chef? Female? Uh, A female chef? Good. Donna Hay. No. (laughs) Donna Summer. (laughs) What about the name Julia Child? Oh. I have heard it. I've Mm. vaguely, yeah, vaguely heard of that. Julia Child is a spy? She was. In the 80s? No. No, absolutely not, no. What was she spying on? George Michael while he was making his Wham! album. She was a spy in the studio reporting back. Dave, can you sing a little bit of a Wham! song? Because I know you're a big Wham! hand. <laughs> you're a Wham! head. <laughs> no, enough gibberish. Can you sing a Wham! song? If I'd had... A few more beers, I'd be even better at it. Wake me up before, before you, you go, go, go. Leave me hanging on like, like a yo-yo. yo-yo. Wake me up before, before you go, go. go. Uh, take, take me dancing tonight. <laughs> Shabow, bow. Oh, oh, it's a great, great track. Yeah, great track. One of the best of the 80s. And, of course, uh, Donna Hay was reporting from in the studio. Julia Child is her code name. Um, yeah. It's weird because Donna Hay's spy name was Julia Child <laughs> and Julia Child's was Donna Hay. Isn't that not crazy? Oh, I can't keep up. I can't keep up. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know how. That is crazy. So I actually don't know anything about this topic at all. Well. What are you even talking about? I absolutely forgot to look at who has suggested it. So I'm just going to look up now. I reckon Donna Hay. Donna Hay. Donna Summers. Take me down. George Michael. It's only been suggested by one person. A what? Uh, that means it's a bad topic. From Niall, uh, from Melbourne. Um, a lot of pressure on Niall then. But it has been voted on by the Patreon. Okay. And it was a pretty tight race. I think it only won by a few votes. But still, um, the Patreons have spoken. They're never wrong. And I, it was, I put up a bunch of like famous people uh, and I said, like, who do you want to hear more about? What kind of biography do you want to hear? Um, and they chose Julia Child. Over Donna Summers. I know. Which, which other disco queens did they beat? Um, uh, all, uh, yep. So. <laughs> Good question. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. That's no, not I'll disco. Okay. Honestly, when you said which spy, I thought you were going to say which Spice Girl. Uh, My brain. That's what I. That did you go there too? What I, I think that must have been. And the answer is brain. always which former Spice Girl. Sporty Spice, always the best. No. I wanna. I wanna. I wanna. I wanna. I wanna, wanna really, 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 really wanna zig zig. Ah. 
Now, please tell me about this topic, Jess. Well, Julia Carolyn McWilliams was born in Pasadena, California in 1912. A good year. Um, Her father, John, was a prominent land manager and her mother, also Julia, uh, was an heiress to the Western Paper Company. Um, Even prior to founding the Western Paper (sighs) Company... The Western Paper West Company. Weston, like W-E-S-T-O-N. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, it was the, the surname, that's why. Uh, yeah. So even prior to founding the company, Julie's grandfather, Byron Curtis Weston. Oh, what? Byron Curtis Weston. That's the kind of guy that starts a company and you go, all right, I'm following yeah, you. Yeah, Because that that's the name that goes down in history. I'll have all the stocks you got. Um, he was already born into an extremely wealthy family, so Julia's upbringing was a very, very comfortable one. Um, she was the oldest of three children, very reasonable number of children, you know? Do you think that's the perfect number in I think ways? so, yeah. Three children? Yeah, but I'm weird with numbers, aren't I? One, not an even number. Four. four. Yeah, ten. Two have or four. Ten or have nothing. two. Two or four or two one. Two or four. No, not, not one. Not one. Sorry to all the other children you out there, but you're all dicks. <laughs> There, I said, somebody needed to tell you because your parents won't. Your parents are like, you're an angel. Oh, we love you so much. Here, have all the money. Fuck you and work for it, you little turds. Learn to share. Anyway. Yeah, work for it. Unlike these three people born as (laughs) the children of an heiress who is the daughter of another heiress. (laughs) So she has, uh, Julia has a younger brother also uh, called John after their father and a younger sister named Dorothy. Um, in her autobiography, From Julia's Kitchen, she wrote about a time that her parents took them on a holiday to Tijuana in 1925 or 1926, somewhere around there. So she would have been about 13 or 14. So it was a year-long holiday. Yes. Wow. That's a pretty good trip. <laughs> um, I mean, if you're that rich, you probably can go probably on holiday can. for a year. Um, but they took them to Tijuana just so they could go meet Cesar Cardini and dine at his restaurant called Caesar's. What's so special about this, I hear you asking, Dave? Caesar's restaurant, all you can eat. <laughs> Caesar cut. Is that what was so yeah, good about it? Yeah, it was the first all-you-can-eat. All wow, they had to travel to Mexico to visit an all-you-can-eat restaurant. Yeah, what imagine. A, what a concept. Now the they're on every corner. Oh, gosh. Um, Caesar Cardini was an Italian restaurateur, chef, and hotel owner who, along with his brother Alex, is credited with creating the Caesar salad. Wait, hang on. That's notable. <laughs> is that true? Yeah. Is that really? And that's, an, that's cre- a side note for you on this report. Yeah. They, the family travelled to Tijuana to try a Caesar salad. Holy. Imagine living in a world before Caesar salad. But imagine living in a world where you, it's it's not before Caesar salad. Caesar salad exists, but it, you know what it is, but you can't get it. Yeah, and you can't you just make it yourself. To to get it. Like, just can, figure out what it is and make can it. Can one of you? Uh, re- can we take a photo of you two in the same jumper? Because. <laughs> Everyone else is not freaking out like me because you look like you're wearing the same thing. One is orange and one is pink. Okay, sorry. I apologize for that. Now, We're both nips. If you could explain to the people, what is a Caesar salad apart from lettuce and food? What else is it? Lettuce and food. A little bit of bacon. Yeah, bacon. Oh, croutons. Yes. Croutons. Egg. Okay, okay, a Caesar salad is a green salad of romaine lettuce and croutons dressed with lemon juice, olive oil, egg, Worcestershire sauce, anchovies, garlic, Dijon mustard, parmesan cheese, and black pepper. Well, that sounds good. It's a lot. It's nearly all sauce. Yeah, it's all. And it's, it's, it's lettuce with a lot of sauce. Ninety percent re- sauce. Yeah, it really relies on 90% the sauce. Ninety percent sauce. <laughs> and, a, and the crunch of the crouton. <laughs> oh, which is stale crunch bread. Crunch is important. It's stale bread. Well, I actually, um, I don't want to. <laughs> I actually don't want to 
sort of take over this podcast right now, but I actually mm-hmm. watched a whole season of the Australian Bake Off. Well, it's like a sort of Caesar salad. How many salad. Caesar salads did they make on that Well, show? they did not make any Caesar salads. Well, how much salad were they baking? Like, uh, okay. Claire Hooper is a Yes. And she said, and actually she probably never mentioned it, but one of the <laughs> chef guys or something. Bakers? Bakers. They said, ah, oh, look at that crunch. And they said that a lot. Okay. Look at that. Oh, this is a crunch. Mm-hmm. Can you feel that crunch? Yeah. And I went, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but they said crunch a lot. Feel that crunch. Okay. And I believe that that's something to do with cooking. Is that sound Crunch. Right? Yeah. I yeah. believe so. I feel that crunch. I remember the yeah. of the brother Crunch here it is. Oh. Dave, tell me more about that. <laughs> yeah, you, Dave. Tell us more about stale bread. I think you cut into small pieces and they get even more stale. Okay. Even faster. Okay. Even crunchier. So, and they yes. get suddenly, but they get to a point, it's like terminal velocity, where they're so crunchy that they start to become uncrunchy. Why are you even talking? I don't even understand. <laughs> like they go chewy or something. Yeah, they become, yeah. That sounds, actually sounds stupid what you just said. Jess, could you make some sense of this? I can't, but I can move on. Thank you. That way, maybe that'll shut him up, you know? Well, Dave will stop talking about crunch and shit. That's all I want. Me too. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry that I was the one that derailed that <laughs> conversation. But they went, they travelled to another country to yes. experience a Caesar salad. A Caesar salad. Another crunch. That is the... <laughs> That's what they would have said. We've tonight. You've taken me to another crunchy. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're all on the same plane. <laughs> but, I think that is the level of opulence. Like for now, if I went to another country to try a new soup, you'd think that's crazy. I'm gonna just gonna pop over to another country to try a new soup. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard uh, Spain's got an amazing new soup. I'm just gonna duck over and try. Much. That's a real funny idea. That's so funny. That's funny. But they just had to go to yeah, try and see the salad. Little Caesars. Or is it just Caesars? Caesars. I've, I've little Caesars. That's that chain. It's, not little Caesars. it's Caesars. This is, this is regular Caesar. <laughs> so anyway, that was just a little tidbit about her life. To give you an idea that she definitely lived a very comfortable life. Yeah, I love it. Um, in uh, So in 1934, she graduated from Smith College with a history major. <laughs> Smith College. That sounds like it's fake. <laughs> Smith College. <laughs> That's not real. It is real. Smith College. Smith yeah, it's College. one of the big ones. You've got Harvard. It's yep. in your favourite, yep. Massachusetts. Yale. Oh, Smith, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Smith. I love Massachusetts. <laughs> that's the closest correct you've ever pronounced yeah, it. It just takes good. 16 beers. I love Massachusetts. <laughs> Smith College, Massachusetts. Yeah, very good college. I'd love to learn about words over there. I'd love to learn about apples. Oh, my God. Granny Smiths. How do you like them, Granny Smiths? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Please go on. She said, that's what our show should have been called. Please Please go go on. Please go on. She said that her time at Smith was spent doing theatre, creative writing, and playing basketball. She was famously tall, by the way. She was about six foot two. Famously. Like people came from Mexico just to see this tall woman. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, whoa. You make Big Caesar look small. (laughs) Stand up. I dare you. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. So six foot two, that is. Six two. That's tall. Especially at the time. This is in like the 30s. And for a woman, that's very tall. Honestly, if I stood up, I wouldn't even be that tall. No, you're not that tall. That's a weird way I, of saying it. Because I'm shorter than that. Yeah, if I stood up, <laughs> I it stood wouldn't up, even I'm be that right tall. right now. <laughs> I think everyone pictures us. Give me, sitting. give me a thing to stand on. 
No. How tall is it? That's a bad idea. Oh, why I won't stand on it. Okay. Because it's not tall enough. I will only stand on the thing that's at least two inches tall. <laughs> give me a. Do you reckon me, you're six foot? Are you six foot? I said at least I'm around six foot. Okay. I've been measured at six foot and I've been measured at just below six foot. Right. Which Come I on. think is what we're all about the same, right? Yeah, I'm six foot for sure. I'm six foot two. <laughs> Which is the height I'm pretty tall. sure we're all about the same height. You're definitely taller than us. But we're all about six we're foot. We're similar-ish. We're all yes. human-sized. Yeah, yeah, we are all human-sized. Oh, so in the <laughs> Super Bowl, one of the players of the team I go for. What's their name? Surname, human. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's all right. Because that's, right. that's funny. <laughs> that's, that's not, it's funny, but it's not right. Person. Oh. The surname is on the back of their shirt. It's is person. Person. Oh, so there's like a million players in each team. <laughs> and one of the players on the 49ers is person. <laughs> um, actually, my name is person. <laughs> I cried laughing. That does sound like the... The uh... The name you put on the back of a like the jersey when you're creating a video game, you need yeah. a stand-in name. Um, yeah. Can we get a stand-in name here? Johnny Person. Johnny Person. <laughs> well, it seems a little silly, but that'll do. Right. Johnny Person. <laughs> Honestly, you're joking. The Super Bowl had a player called Person today. He can't control his name. Well, actually, he, he can. He could definitely he, change no, if he wanted no, to. No, you're right. He can't control his name. <laughs> he can't. It's only control. <laughs> I'm a bit slippery Lewis. Imagine that the guys are trying to catch us. Anyway. All right. Time out, time. Your team couldn't catch shit. Yep. Time out. Dave, okay, don't engage. Mate, don't engage. That Maddie, is, Maddie. That is actually fair in a lot of ways. <laughs> so after graduating from Smith College, which definitely exists. Smith College. She moved to Manhattan wanting to become a famous novelist. Okay. Um, she landed a job as a copywriter in the advertising department for a W&J Sloan, which was a prominent furniture and rug store in New York City that catered to the elite, including the White House. So it was like a oh, fancy oh, hoity-toity business, which, funnily enough, went bankrupt in 1985. <laughs> <laughs> we only deal with the absolute elite. We're out of money. What year are we talking about now? Uh, when when she graduated from uh, Smith. Smith's Person or, College. So it would have been uh, 1934, so it's the 30s. Um, so in 37, she returned to California to help look after her mother who was sick and passed away at the age of 60. And Julia stayed close to home for a couple of years, writing for a few local publications and working in advertising. Do you get the feeling that she's inherited quite a lot of money from uh, this heiress? Good point. I'm not sure about, um... I suppose if it was her father still alive, maybe we'd go to him. Yeah. What happened with her dad? I'm not sure. But like, they're, they're very comfortable and she's working anyway. Um, but then World War Two happened and uh, Julia wanted to do her bit. So she attempted to enlist in the Women's Army Corps or the US uh, Navy's waves, like the, the um, Women's Navy, but she was rejected because she was too tall. Really? Yeah. I felt that. I, I believe that they're... I felt that personally. Australia, when they first wanted people, for, I think it was the First World War, they wanted people as a certain height. Soldiers, but as the war went on and they became more and more desperate for like people, anyone. they kept lowering it. Like, yeah. you know, it's 180, then it's 170, then it's, it's like very much 150. A, a novelty ride sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> the police used to be like that, though. There used to be, I mean, maybe there still is a height requirement, but um, it, they've lowered it a lot. 
It but used to be quite tall. Do you think there's a, a maximum police? Yeah, I don't know. Like, you're seven foot. You uh, you're actually car. too tall, Hightower. Mate. We do not have pants for you. Yeah. Um, we do not have a convertible. You can't fit in the car. You're, right. you're actually, those sound effects you're making with your mouth, they're too much. <laughs> yeah, they let him in, but they don't let someone tall in. <laughs> Michael Winslow. <laughs> you're Winslow. Yeah, that's fun. Um, so she was, she's too tall. The original man of a thousand noses. <laughs> the OG. <laughs> yeah, your sensei in many ways. <laughs> he's in so many ways my sensei. Yeah, he's taught you everything you know. Yeah, because he, um, in you say sensei, and it, and you probably think of that as like a word, but to me that's a noise. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sensei. In a lot of ways, all words are noises, aren't they? Oh my god, you get it. Yeah. <laughs> It's really quite poetic. Honestly, Jess, you don't sensei. <laughs> <laughs> so she's rejected because she's too tall. So she joins the Office of Strategic Services, the OSS, um, which was the predecessor for the CIA, basically. Um, she starts out as a typist in the Washington headquarters for the OSS, but it wasn't long until her experience and education set her apart from her peers and she was given more responsibility. Um <laughs> She... <laughs> so I just, her first responsibility is getting stuff off really tall shelves. <laughs> Julia, could you could you give me a hand? Could you, uh... me, could you fetch me that thing? <laughs> what do you bring that no one else does? Height? Okay, that's good. Yeah. Yes. See that jug up there? Yeah. I can get that. Yeah. I don't even need to go find a sturdy chair yeah, to stand on. I get up. it straight away. I could get a non-sturdy chair. And just put it down, but I still don't need to stand on it. Yeah. Could you get it? <laughs> Could you She's get it? tall. Because you don't even need a chair. Yeah, I'll go get the unsturdy chair, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> It's a weird request, but all right. But she proved herself. She proved herself. And so she's working as a top secret researcher, working directly for the head of the OSS, General <laughs> William J. Donovan. Um, while she's working for the OSS, she was instrumental in a very weird invention. <laughs> oh, okay. The banjo. I love this. Oh. But ding 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 ding. ding. She created that riff. Yeah, she did actually. This is from history.com. Shark attacks were actually quite rare. (laughs) Shark attack. Only 20 had taken place in less than three years of wartime, but frenzied media accounts had bred panic among frightened men. Morale was low. There was another reason to find a way to detract curious or hungry sharks. On some occasions, American naval explosives had been accidentally set off by inquisitive sharks, mistaking them for a snack. So they decided they needed to work out some kind of shark repellent. (laughs) So two men headed this investigation. There was Captain Harold J. Coolidge, who was a scientist from the Harvard Museum of Comparative Zoology, and Dr. Henry Field, who was a curator of the Field Museum of Natural History in Chicago. So all throughout 1943, Julia was Coolidge's executive assistant, and she was working closely on this project as well. And over the course of a year, they experimented with over 100 combinations of ingredients to try and make a shark repellent. Like a, oh. like a spray or? Punch it in the nose. Punch it in the nose. Punch it in the nose. Batman told us that. It's, just a, it's just a glove. On a like a propeller yeah. thing. Oh my gosh! I wish people could see podcasts because you just did it. Yeah. If I there just, was a if there was a shark there, it's fucked. You got him. I got that shark. Hey, that shark was fucked. And that shark goes, ow, oh, oh, don't, no, <laughs> uh, You know when you get hit in the nose, yeah, oh, it's sort of that like your eyes are watering and it just that stings. Happened. The other day, a shark hit me in the nose. What? Yeah, it was the worst. Oh my god, I'm so well, sorry. I, I lied. It wasn't a shark, but it was. A shark-like person. 
Okay. Was their name person? It was Dave. It was Dave. Yeah, Dave did punch you in the nose the other day. But you deserved it too. You were being a sassy little bitch, weren't I you? I did do it. I did. I was about to bite him on the butt. <laughs> and he punched you. Punched on the nose. So anyway, they're, they're working on all these different combinations What's of going on? Yeah, it's a bit crazy. The final recipe was a mixture of copper acetate and black dye, which together gave off a smell rather like a dead shark, which I would have thought would attract... <laughs> They'd be like, sweet. Shark, free meat. Free meal. But for some reason it worked. It wasn't perfect. Apparently the success rate was a little over 60%, but it was better than nothing, and it kept sharks away for about six to seven hours per dose. So it meant sharks weren't... So do you have to give it to the shark, or do you no, put it so in they the would, water? No, so they would put it like they would sort of attach it to the um, explosive... Um, that they were planting in the water because it was designed to like set traps for oh, the okay. enemy and, then, and stuff. Oh, so that gives you enough time to, run, to you know sail away. Exactly. Um, sail away, sail away, sail away. <laughs> you glad I'm here? <laughs> oh yeah. I'm always glad you're here. That's will will really you? Friendly. That is actually very nice of you. To will say. you message us a lot tomorrow, apologising? Probably. No, no, no. Probably. I'm going to make Tonight. you listen back. <laughs> I'm going to make you listen back to this episode. Yeah, yeah. I will never listen. That, to that this. is your punishment. I will not listen. You to have this, to but listen I'll, back. I will look at this bucket next to me. <laughs> you just have a look at the bucket. It's so full of. How is it so full of cups already? <laughs> that's that's other podcasters that have drunk too much have vomited into little cups and then put it in the bin. Yeah. Uh, so keep it. it in the little cup, please. Um, in an interview decades later, Julia said, I understand the shark repellent we developed is being used today for downed space equipment, strapped around it so the sharks won't attack it when it lands in the ocean. Apparently they might still be using it. I don't know if that's true. How would they do that? Every bit of equipment has one of these shark things attached yeah, to it. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so she's working for the OSS. In 1944, she's posted to uh, Candy in what is now Sri Lanka. Okay, a lot of what you've said is gibberish. The OSS, no. uh-huh. Candy. Mm-hmm. Can you explain any of it? Sri Lanka? Never Sri heard Lanka. of her. She gets sent to Sri Lanka. Yeah. What's, a, what's OSS? You've explained it the... already. Precursor to the CIA. Yeah, it's right. like the CIA. And Candy, I've, I know that. That's a place in... Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. What is now Sri Lanka? Sri what a great place. <laughs> well, Julia liked it. Mm. I, lo- I love Very Sri Lanka. Very crazy. Love Sri Lanka. Mm. That's sick. All right, I'm loving it. Great. I can't wait to hear more. Well, her responsibilities there included registering, cataloging, and channeling a great volume of highly classified communications for the OSS. Um, and she was later posted to China where she received the emblem of meritorious civilian service. Uh, it's the second highest award and medal provided to civilian employees within agencies of the federal government of the United States. So she's like, she's very good at her job. Right, but based in China. She's based in China now. And when it was while she was working in China that she met a man named Paul Child, who was also working for the OSS. Um, Paul was 10 years her senior. Ooh. Um, by this stage, Julia's in her early 30s. So he's in his early 40s. Um, but they hit it off. And they married a couple of years later in 1946 in Pennsylvania, um, obviously after the war had ended. Um, Paul also had a pretty interesting child. He was a pretty childhood. <laughs> yeah, pretty interesting child. He had a very interesting child. He had a stick coming out of his arm. <laughs> <laughs> no one did anything about How'd it. How'd get there? How'd it get there? Dad never know, asked. Yeah, look, though. <laughs> interesting childhood. Um, he was a twin. He had a twin brother called Charlie. That is interesting. Winklevoss. <laughs> Was it Wingerwolf? No, it was Child. Okay. Charlie Child. 
That's a bad oh, name. Yeah, that's Joey Childs. That's, that's bad. bad. That's He's like, fucked that up. There's Johnny, but Johnny Person and Charlie Child. That's terrible. <laughs> What's wrong with America? <laughs> How are they name? Honestly, people? if America could see what you're wearing tonight, <laughs> I cannot believe it. I wish people could see. We'll take a picture. Why are you wearing the same top? <laughs> they don't even call them tops over there. Probably. It's, it's probably a good. Not. It's a good top. Beautiful well, tops. Yeah, we bought them together. Just it is weird. That, oh, okay. Did you really buy them? That no. Like, no. But I was with Dave Jess when that I was about to say Jess was there when uh, in England when, when I bought this jumper. Yeah. We they got the shopping. seal of approval. Yeah, no, yours is fine. Jess is better. <laughs> Why have you worn them tonight? Like, especially, Dave, you're wearing a slightly worse top than Jess. <laughs> Why would you do that? On the same night, Jess is wearing a slightly better top than you. I think we've both picked tops that we can pull off. Yes. I don't think I would look great in... And I wouldn't look good in that. Jess looks really nice Do you in not that think top. that I can pull off my, like, three years ago San Francisco 49ers top? <laughs> is that what you mean by yeah, that? Yeah, that's what we mean. We dress appropriately for us. Okay. You know? Well, I didn't know that this would be a loser team this morning when I put it on. I also didn't know that the Australian man on the back of the shirt would would not have played a game for quite a few years. <laughs> How was I to know that this you morning? You went to know. You went to know. It's the Hain plane. To know. You I've be, heard you... sense that he's probably not a good guy. Great. But wearing, that's alleged. You were wearing his you, top all day. I really you think that someone should get you Johnny Person's top for next oh, Super Bowl. Honestly, how funny is it? <laughs> <laughs> There's a player called Person. Honestly, I want that, I want that jersey. Okay. I want it. Well, we'll make it happen. All, I want, all I'm saying is I want it. <laughs> yeah. you, you, are you saying you'll make I'm it? I'm not doing it. Okay. Fuck no. Dave, will. will you make it? I'll knit it. I only wear knit jumpers. Then you can look like us. Well, I can. I'm looking at you. I know you only wear knitting jumpers. Well, you also like the name Charlie Child. Oh, yeah, Charlie sorry. Child, which fantastic. is the twin of, of Paul Child, Paul He's Child, and the son of Gary Person. <laughs> no, their father actually died when they were about six months old. Oh dear. Um, this is from a, an article in Town and Country magazine. It says Charlie was brawnier, louder, more charismatic, and less sensitive than Paul. When they were seven, Charlie accidentally blinded Paul's left eye with a sewing needle. Oh, whoa, oh, God. Paul, Wait, what? Paul never complained about it and managed to earn a black belt in judo, could later drive a car, and taught perspective drawing. So Paul was just kind of like a very chilled out, quiet, reserved kind of person. And he taught perspective drawing. Mm, yeah. And I imagine because obviously having two eyes gives yeah. you more perspective. Exactly, yeah, that's right. So but that's very impressive. He adapted. But- Sorry, just to backtrack. I know. I don't no one, know the details. No one wants us to talk about it, but I'm so fascinated by being blinded with a needle. That is so awful. I have no idea. Matt just spat into a bin. That's how awful that it's is. That disgusting. <laughs> well, actually, what Jess said was even more awful than me spitting into a bin, <laughs> which I enjoyed doing. Charlie was apparently the favoured twin. So their mother, their mother's name was Bertha. Um, which is a bad name. That is actually the most awful thing you've said. <laughs> Bertha. Her is name bad. is Bertha Child. Bertha. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! What did you do on the weekend, Bertha Child? Oh, actually, I did. Twins. I had two. Oh my God! I did not even realise. Her name is Bertha Child. <laughs> I can't even laugh. <laughs> I know, Jess, if we've broken Jess, it's too funny. <laughs> But back then, you can't not take his name. I know you can't be like, I really, really like this guy, but I'll have but to. But my name would be Bertha Child. 
<laughs> and, the, and, and we lost the Super Bowl and I can still laugh. <laughs> At birth a child. Anyway, one of her, uh, one of her like uh, boyfriends for a while, um, paid Charlie's tuition at Harvard, but he only paid for tuition for one year at Columbia for Paul. So Charlie was like sent off to Harvard. Yeah, school's paid for. Don't worry about it. Paul, you can have a year at Columbia. It does annoy then me you're that you favoured the one who blinded the other one. Yeah. If anything, it should be the other way around. Yeah, I reckon too. Which of them can score a touchdown? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> Which can? Who can? Um, so, yeah, Paul went to uh, Columbia for a year and when the, his money ran out, he worked on ships at odd jobs and travelled across the country. For much of the 1920s and 30s, he worked in Italy, France and the United States as a private shooter and teacher. So he did a lot of travelling. A private shooter. Yeah. Of a classic job. Mm. We've all had it. Well done it. I mean, we've all worked a few months as a private shooter. In Italy. Jess, could you explain a little more? Obviously, Dave and I have done it. You've yeah. done it. Yeah. Could you explain a little more about... Our years as a private shooter. Our really. years. Our years. How? I mean, how do you summarise? I oh, know. I'm the sorry. Adventures? Sum it up in a few words. So sure, you go and live in somewhere nice like Italy or France, and yep. you are hired by an incredibly wealthy family, uh-huh. the parents of which don't really care that much <laughs> for their children. Yep. Uh, and so they just hire you to like teach them some basic shit. Yeah, we've all lived it. We've all lived it. We've all shot a few things <laughs> in Italy. Yeah, of course we've shot a few things. Have really. you misheard private shooter? <laughs> wait, can, can you wait? Am I mishearing it? What, say it again. Private shooter. Okay, I have. I have missed. I you have. Thought I said private multiple shooter. Multiple times I've missed. Even when Dave said, "Have you misheard?" <laughs> I mean, even you... when Dave said, "Have you misheard private shooter?" I thought he said private shooter. So Tutan, I, boy. Tutan. I, I will stop talking. Now, I will try. Okay. <laughs> I just looked at me like, will you? Will you actually? Honestly, I thought Dave said. Private shooter. I thought, shooter. I thought you said shooter. Private shooter. And then I thought Dave said shooter when he tried to explain shooter. Very funny. Very good. Honestly. People wind it back. I reckon Dave said shooter. <laughs> I said it. I'm reading the report. Did you say shooter? No, I said shooter. Well, I think she said shooter too. <laughs> Dave, I also think he said shooter. Anyway. And so. I also think da- Dave, as in Jess, said shooter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this is, this is Paul still travelling. Yeah, so he's travelling around. He was a very talented painter, poet and writer, and he was known to his friends to have a sophisticated palate. He loved good food and he introduced Julia to fine cuisine. Before they were married, she'd... Um, She'd actually she'd grown up in a in a home with a cook with with like help. like a chef. So she'd never learnt to cook. So before they got married, she'd taken some introductory cus- cooking lessons. Some couscous. Cus- cus- <laughs> Step um, one. I've had a little introductory couscous. <laughs> <laughs> yes, go on. Well, she wanted to be a good wife to her her foodie husband. So she went and did some like introductory cooking courses before they got married, so she'd be able to you know feed him. I need to do that. Yeah, you do. Introductory cook- cookery. Here's how some to make some toast. I love that. <laughs> do you want to come over to my house? I'll teach you to cook. Actually, can you? Yeah, that'd be fine. I genuinely need help. <laughs> okay, so I just saw 
I just saw the message I sent you before, mm. and it said, my Uber driver has mixed feelings about Ned Kelly. Yeah. And I do not know what that means. <laughs> and then Dave goes, can you hear how this Uber driver flip-flopped on Ned? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't remember it. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought it up. I regret re- regretting you. And... On we go. We, I wish we had filmed this because this is uh, so far 36 minutes of regret face. Yeah. Stuart. It's the most regret face we've ever seen. Oh my God. What do you think I was talking about? What? About what Ned Kelly? Was... Yeah. No, I didn't. How did that mate? come up? No, you brought that up out of nowhere. And I even, <laughs> when you arrived here, I even said, What was he saying about Ned Kelly? And you said, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I had no idea what you were talking about. Like, I was the crazy Well, this one. actually sounds like I'm being silly on purpose. And I regret it. Could you edit me out? No. <laughs> I wish I could. I really do wish oh, I could. I wish we could somehow That's hire a weird. private shooter to come in and why, take him. Why would have an edited an added driver talked about Ned Kelly? So anyway, Paul joins the United States Foreign Services. And in 1948, the couple moved to Paris when oh. the U.S. State Department assigned Paul there as an exhibits officer with the United States Information Agency. I think he was like... Literally setting up like art exhibitions and stuff. Oh, that's I think. great. Okay, yeah. I'm not 100% sure, but that's what he was, you know, that's what his job title was, and they got to move to Paris. Um, and Julia recalled her first meal in France as a culinary revelation. Wow, at the airport. <laughs> yeah. wow. Their Mac is different. Yeah, this is so weird. It's do so... not miss your flight, though. <laughs> yeah. not no, don't it. do it. Um, so she she described the meal of oysters and fine wine to the New York Times as an opening up of the soul and <laughs> spirit for me. She so she was like she's had a whole revelation. Right. Um so she tried a few activities while living in Paris to occupy her time, but nothing really caught her interest. Um What was she trying? Well, Cycling. She, well, okay. So here's the thing. Part of my research was watching the 2009 film Julia, Julia, Julia. Julia. I just, it just occurred oh. to me that that is about this person. Starring Meryl Streep and, as Paul Child, Stanley Tucci. Oh, oh the my tooch. God, the Tucci. I never, love never the Never seen tooch. the film. So who is Julie? Who's Jul- okay, so what happens is uh, in the film and in real life, it's based on a book, this woman um, working in like a call centre uh like decides to go through Julia's book. Spoiler alert: There's a book that she writes coming oh, up. Oh, okay, okay. Coming up. Actually, I haven't seen the film, so that's actually a bit disrespectful. But she did move to New York to become a famous writer. Right? Oh, okay, Dave. Thank you for filling me in, <laughs> Jess. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, she decides to cook every single recipe in this French cookbook. Oh, okay. Actually, spoiler alert. And she had a blog about it, and then later it got turned into a book. So do the, they? So they're not friends. No, no, no. So what it is is like Julia actually hates Julia because Julie is in two thousand and two, and obviously Julia is back in. Who's an actually an asshole? Julia. Yeah, I actually think so. Okay. <laughs> Do you think so? Because she's actually, like really adored in America, and we've well, got a lot of uh, American listeners. Okay. Well, is it actually? Excuse me, but is it actually? Excuse me. Is this offensive you not for me to actually say that one of those two mm-hmm. was actually <laughs> a real problem? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Is that true? So fifty percent chance that it's. I'm, I'm so. I'm actually. I, I am actually sorry to tell the truth there, but one of them is, is a, a bit problem. of an issue. <laughs> for, okay. for who? Uh, listeners. 
<laughs> so anyway, the point of the reason that I brought up that. Well, Jess, movie, why why did you turn your whole body away from me? I just forgot. I was like, why are we talking about the so, movie? Um, what, Jess? Honestly, why <laughs> Matt, are you turning your whole body away from Matt, me towards that? So like you know, I'm not even here. Just so you know, Matt. Uh, as you know, I've recently got a, a puppy. Yep. And uh, they told us that when he's barking while you're eating, what you're supposed to do is completely turn your body away <laughs> and just ignore him. And eventually, he'll get the point and he'll stop barking. <laughs> Matt, uh, are you getting this point? Are you he's getting it? Actually, he's not a puppy. He's a, a, a poochie, which is the name of the actor. Stanley Poochie. Stanley Apucci. <laughs> if I If I remembered his first name as Stanley, that would have really worked. I am going to... Cut- actually, his name is actually Stanley Apucci. <laughs> Can you edit out the middle bit? Because that's you, fun. If you could email me just this snippet at, or, and we can send it to Matt tomorrow... That no, would be I will the, not listen to it. <laughs> just 10 seconds to you saying, Stanley Apucci, <laughs> you will hate yourself. I honestly think Stanley Apucci is very fun. He's great. I think that might be a meme tomorrow. Okay. Let's see if you remember it in 10 minutes. Well, I'm not going to. Gonna, I don't want to have... No one don't at me because I don't care. Anyway, the reason... But that's fun. The reason that we brought up the film is because yes. you said, what activities was she doing? And oh. in the film, and who knows how... by Stanley <laughs> Who knows how <laughs> how accurate that is? But she was trying like hat making, and she was taking French classes and stuff. I think she'd done that in the states as well. So she had some French, but she was trying to get sure, it sure. better. And so, so she wasn't working. No. In the states. So she's got a lot of time to film. Yeah, and so she's she's kind of bored, and she's like, I'm not really a state. They didn't have any children. They got married, and she was already in her mid thirties. He was older. Too. He was oh, older. So yeah. they didn't have any kids. So thirties. <laughs> Honestly, if you're in your thirties, just. I think it's too far gone, isn't it? Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Okay, yeah. How long? Six months. I got six months of it being worth living. It's more. Seven so, months. Well, not quite. Okay, six and a bit. <laughs> Is that all right, Dave? Yes. That, you it should be on my side here. Help me out. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Honestly, bro. you with the same nits. <laughs> I just, cannot believe two salmon weirdos what, this is what, having a go at me. This is what Cabina. young people wear. Yeah. Oh, this is what the kids wear. Yeah. This is going to be the most, cool. most right. tiring episode to listen to. I'm so sorry. I will not talk anymore. That's not true. Also, Here what, goes again. What, are, what is this about? <laughs> so, is this about Babados? Yeah, it's for Bab Babados. She's trying to find uh, like something to occupy her time. So yes. she, she ended up enrolling in the famous French cooking school, Le Cordon Bleu. Cordon Bleu. Oh, well pronounced. Wow. No, is, that what, is that where Cordon Bleu is from? That's not what I said. Um, <laughs> originally, she was placed in this introductory class for housewives, um, which she found to be boring and a bit too basic. She's like, yeah, all right, I know how to boil an egg. That's where I need to be. Yeah, and that's an introductory fine. class. That's okay. For housewives. Yes. Well, they say this is an oven and I get out my book and I write down <laughs> oven. oven. Okay. 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 Oh, so what does it do? <laughs> it gets hot. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down, egghead. <laughs> um, so she, she's a bit bored in the introductory class. So she's like, can I do something a little bit more challenging, please? Um, so... And the other, there was an, there was like sort of a top tier class where they were like, <laughs> where Heston Blumenthal comes in and says, "Recreate that, no instructions." <laughs> and you're like, "What? <laughs> what?" She ended up um, joining this year long program with eleven other students, all men, um, that was kind of designed for professional restaurateurs, uh, and under the tutelage of Chef Max Bernard. Julia thrived and developed a passion for food, especially French cuisine. Um, she joined the exclusive woman, women's cooking club 
uh, which was called Le Circle de Gourmet. <laughs> oh, what does that mean? We'll uh, never know. It's hard to know. <laughs> but there she met um, a couple of uh, women, one called Simone Beck, who was writing a French cookbook for Americans with her friend, Louisette Bertol. Sorry about my French. Um, the three women became friends and soon opened up a cooking school together, teaching women to cook French cuisine. So you're telling me that someone who grew up not being able to cook yep. is has, now ho- has hoped to be like famous enough as a chef one day that in the hundred years people talk about them on a podcast. Yeah. Do I still have time? You have time. She was she couldn't cook. That's really impressive. She was in her mid thirties before Find that she learned impressive. to cook. But yeah, she just like she just seems like a real kind of go getter. Like she just, and also you know like the the way it's depicted in the film, the the woman who runs the cooking school is like, oh, it's a it's very expensive. You probably can't afford it. And she was like, how much are we talking about? Because oh, she's right, wealthy. She's an heiress, of exactly. Course. And her, I mean, she and her husband are very comfortable. Um, like they're living in really beautiful houses and stuff in Paris, and they're like they're they're wealthy. Um, Damn. But she was just passionate. That's all it takes. And she she was dedicated to it, and she was competitive, and like. You know, it it shows in the film, and again, it's a it's a fucking film. But they're like all chopping onions in the first class, and she's slower than everybody else. So then that night, she's just like, there's this massive pile of onions in their kitchen at home because she's practicing. Like she just she's dedicated to it, Dave. That's what you got to do. You got to stick at it. <laughs> Her husband wakes up. Why am I crying? <laughs> I'm horrendous with onions. I had to get those. I had to get like specific glasses that look like Dame Edna glasses (laughs) and they're called like onion goggles and I've got to put them on and they still don't. Sometimes I wear literal swimming goggles to cut onions or make Aiden do it. If Aiden's at home, he's in charge of onions. He knows that. He knows that's his job. He's not home. I'm fucked. But he can't, he he doesn't really react. He's fine. Like he Mm. might be a little bit like, ah, but as soon as I cut one open, I'm, my eyes are, I'm gone. It's, very embarrassing. Anyway, so now they're, they're, they've opened their own little cooking school and they're teaching um, women how to cook and they only charged a few dollars for classes, which was barely enough to cover the cost of ingredients and equipment. But Julia was loving it. And loaded, so it's all good. So who cares? Write it off. After a while, Simone and, and Louisette asked Julia if she could collaborate with them on their book that they were cooking. Uh, cooking, fuck. Yeah, cooking up Writing. Books. They were writing a book. Um, they'd gotten feedback that it wasn't clear enough for an English-speaking audience because they were trying to introduce French cuisine to an American audience. Uh, so they needed someone with better English than them. Oh, right. So they're native French speakers. Exactly, gotcha. yes. They're French. So over the next... Decade. Did I think about uh, getting Gabrielle Gatto? <laughs> Gabrielle Gatto. Gatto. My favourite about Gabrielle Gatto, and we've talked about this probably on the show before, I just love how he says uh, potatoes. Uh, so you get a potato, you throw in a tomato. <laughs> potato. Oh, I love him. It makes it sounds more delicious. So he is a French He is delicious. Chef that had been that's lived, in, too lived, much. lived in Melbourne for decades. <laughs> And he would present uh, Le Taste of La Tour oh, during yes. the Tour de France oh, every yes. year. What a, what a fucking legend. But last year was his last year. He wrapped it up. Oh. He's retired. Who oh. will replace him? Oh. He's our Poirot yes. in a lot of ways. Mm. He, he solves so many crimes. He's our <laughs> Crimes against sush. the kitchen. Sush? Our sush. He's our sush about chef. <laughs> That's quite good. That That's quite good, good Matt. Yeah. Thank you. That's almost something. You've earned a time out for that one. All right. And I'll take it. <laughs> Five Bye-bye. minutes, please. <laughs> so over the next decade. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching! <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or eBooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Cade. The three women researched and repeatedly tested recipes. Child would translate the French into English, making the recipes detailed, interesting and practical. Ten years. Ten years. This is all while Julia and Paul, mo- Paul fuck it, why can't I talk today, moved around Europe and then eventually back to the States with his work. But all- she's still in... In contact with the other two French women. This entire time, she's she's working on recipes, she's testing them, um, and she's obviously developing her own skills too. Um, in 1952, she read an article in a magazine from a writer named Bernard Devoto about kitchen knives. Not a particularly interesting article, but she wrote to him to compliment him on his piece. She agreed with everything he was saying about sterling steel. I imagine that knives. he's got. Hundreds of fan letters up from this article. Of course. Obviously, Matt's trying to take a photo of us in matching We'll get a good photo, don't you worry. Um, So anyway, she writes to him to say, hey, loved your piece. His wife, Avis, who also worked as his secretary, responded to Julia's letter, which began a lifelong pen pal friendship. They would write to each other. They didn't meet in person until a few years later in 1954, but they wrote over 100 letters to each other in that two-year period. And would she consider her pen pal the husband or the wife? No, the wife. So it happened like she wrote a letter to to Bernard saying, I I like this piece. Avis replies as his secretary but also happens to be his wife, saying, yeah, thanks for your letter, yada, yada, yada. They write back and forth, back and forth, and they just become friends. Um, And it was Avis who helped Julia's book be seen by publishers, Horton Mifflin, um, and they said that the book was too long and rejected the manuscript, which was a historical stuff-up on their part. Paul left the diplomatic corps in 1961 and the couple decided to return to the US for good, settling in Cambridge, Massachusetts. You want to have a go? I love Massachusetts so good much. Job. Isn't that so much fun? Because I don't think you're meant to actually say the Chutsits part, but, nah, but I it's love fun saying too. it. I love saying Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Because I always say Massachusetts, mm. but I don't think you're meant to say it like that. But I'm supposed to say it, Dave. Dave, you'll say it properly. Well, if you Massachusetts. look at it, Massa- yeah. Massachusetts. 
Right. So there's only T's at the end. It's fun to say Massachusetts. 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 Yeah, there's only T's at the end, yeah. (laughs) Nailed it. Massachusetts. Don't tweet at us. Um, So they move into their new house in Cambridge with little money. House. House in Cambridge. With little money and few expectations. Right, and at this stage the book hasn't come out yet. book hasn't come out yet. She's nearly 50 years old. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so in a letter to a friend she said, um, we'll be living quite modestly, but I figure if I can give two cooking lessons a week at about $40 a throw, that'll bring in a little bit of money for us. So they were living in like quite lavish places around Europe and um, now that he's sort of retired – they're kind of like, well, we've got to live a little more modestly now. So to save money, Paul designed the kitchen of their new home himself. And he was mindful that his tall wife had been stooping in their tiny European kitchens. Oh, of course. I forgot that she's very tall. She's very tall. Um, and there was a picture that he took in their Paris kitchen and she's stirring a pot and, like, it's almost at her knee level. It's so low. I think they were lower in Europe anyway. And she's already quite tall. So he raised the counters up and made like a Julia-sized kitchen. Um, and aware of her passion for order, he figured out the perfect place for every pot and pan and drew its outline on a pegboard. So everything had a place and she liked things hanging up. So there was space everywhere for things to hang. She could see everything. She had like so many knives. She was, she loved knives. <laughs> um, Samurai swords. She loved it. And Julia was feeling a, a little deflated and a bit defeated by the book rejection. But Avis didn't give up and got the book to a connection she had at a different publishing house, Alfred A. Knopf. That can't be right, but who knows. Um, So finally, the book was published in 1961 and it was 726 pages called Mastering the Art of French Cooking. Okay. I'm not a publisher, but that is too long. Right, but I mean like they, they... had so many different options, and that's what they went for: mastering the art of French cooking. Seven hundred. I don't mind it. Oh, the book pages. I was thinking you made the title. Oh no, not the title. No, pages. No, I, think, I think that's mastering the art of French cooking. That's that's good. I think it was more pages than that when the first publisher rejected it, but still seven hundred twenty. It's a fucking dense book. It's like five hundred and something recipes. Wow, I mean, it's insane. And you so and in the movie, Julie and Julia, or the other, whichever way it is. She cooks them all. She cooks them all in 365 days. 500. Keep in mind. More than one a day. Some would be stuff like sauces or gravies. Most of them are, or, 90% of them are sauces. Or you know, there's like a huge chunk that is or like different ways to cook eggs or they'd be desserts. So she might do like a main and a dessert. She yes. might be able to knock out three in a day. Is there a part? Is there a page on how to make gravy? Probably. Oh, my goodness. But I don't think. I want to read this book. That sounds great. I don't think they is would say a, d- a dollop of tomato sauce. For a little... Sweetness and that extra tang. Okay. Give me love to Angus. And a Frank and Dolly. <laughs> they say how to make jus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be lots of that as well. So, I mean, obviously it, it must be doable because she she did it. Spoiler it's got to be doable. So, but and so, was that her full-time job? Like, did she it, work or anything else? This lady, when she was doing 500 recipes in a year? Like, yeah. She's working. So God, she was impressive. working. This is 2002 and she was working. I can't remember the name of the, the organisation, but – she was on the phone speaking to people about the redevelopment of Ground Zero and insurance oh. claims from people who'd lost families in there. It was a really harrowing and awful job. Mm. And so as a bit of an escape, she was cooking. Okay, Jess, I just need to – I, I apologise and I'll not talk for a while again after and you'll understand why. 
uh, in a moment. <laughs> Love this preface. But you're saying it's doable, but is it – why is it doable? Are you trying to say ju? Damn it. <laughs> why was it doable? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were definitely going to whip out your Alistair Trumbull Birchland impression. Oh, that's doable. doable. That's, that's doable. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Oh, so when I watched the Super Bowl today, and I won't talk after this, but there was ad, this ad that came up a bit where, and everyone's like, "Yeah, hey, it's your mate," and I'm like, "I," and it was a guy who kind of looks like Alistair. Oh, is there is Alistair on a ad at the Super moment? Bowl? Ad? I don't. I don't think Alistair on Super Bowl. Where he's like no. standing in a swamp or something. It, de- it really I, looked like him. I was like. And did you think to ask Al, or are you just going to ask us? No, I thought you would know. I really, I hope thought it one is. of us would know. No, I don't know, but I'm, I, you know, I, I hope, if so, I hope it good is. for Al. Really hope it. Oh, is. look, I'm not saying bad for Al in any, <laughs> by any stretch. Oh, bad for Al. Bad for Al. Hey, where's my ad where I'm standing in a swamp? Yeah, I, I, uh, that's, that's why actually dream. what we're all feeling right now. Standing in a swamp. Um, anyway, so the book, Mastering the Art of French Cooking, it was a bestseller, received critical acclaim that derived uh, in part from the American interest in French culture in the early 60s. So, like, by luck, not yeah, maybe a bit of luck, but, like... Yeah, timing. Yeah, timing, exactly. Americans were really into French culture at the time, and she goes, oh, well, here's a book I've been working on for 10 years. Um, not just her, obviously, it was a team effort. Um, but it was also lauded for its helpful illustrations and precise attention to detail and for making fine cuisine accessible. Um, the book is still in, in print and is considered a seminal culinary work. Still a big deal. Right. So by that point, Julia is nearly 50 and her book has finally been published. And that is barely the beginning for her. In 1962, uh, she made an appearance on a book review show on uh, WGBH-TV, which I think was in Boston, and it it led to the inception of her first television cooking show after viewers enjoyed her demonstration of how to cook an omelette. So she just went on this book review show and showed people how to make an omelette and people were like, I like her, I want to see more of her. So then they gave her her own show and it was called The French Chef and it had its debut in February 1963 and was immediately successful. Um, The show ran nationally for 10 years and won a Peabody and an Emmy Award, including the first Emmy Award for an educational program. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. How cool is that? It's huge. And she wasn't the first first television cook but she was the most widely seen and people loved her because she was very cheery and enthusiastic and she had this distinctive voice which Meryl Streep mimics pretty well really well in the film what so why she was the first to they in, basically invented an award for her uh no so it would have she, been an Emmy for an educational program but she that they invented it that that didn't exist before her that's how cool is that oh yeah maybe okay yeah to win the first of any version of an award, yeah. I reckon that's like, base, like maybe they didn't invent it for you, but once you win it, they prove that basically it doesn't exist without you because why would it if you didn't win it? Why does it exist? Oh, no. <laughs> I thought I was saying something interesting. <laughs> I think you were. I think you were. I'm sorry. 
So yeah, she had this very um, distinctive voice and, and she was really unpatronising and she was just very cool and she would she would always sign off with her catchphrase, which was, Bon Appetit! <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> she sounds like everything I'm not. <laughs> unpatronising. <laughs> Signing off with Bon Appetit. I don't know any of these you things. You don't do that, no. Um, in 1972, this is a little fun fact, the French chef became the first television program to be captioned for the deaf, even though um, this was done, I don't know, I don't understand why I added this sentence. But anyway, that's just a little fun fact for you. Then. That's it. Um, so she's releasing more books as well in this time too. So she released a second book called The French Chef Cookbook, and it was a collection of recipes she demonstrated on the show. Um, it was soon followed by Mastering the Art of French Cooking, Volume 2. And is she still collaborating with the other French? Oh, my God, my next sentence is again in collaboration with Simone Beck, oh, but good. not with Louisette. Oh, what happened to Louisette? Um, their professional relationship ended apparently in the in the film, so who knows, but in the film it sort of seemed like Louisette wasn't, she wasn't around as much or she'd kind of like, she was a bit flaky. She didn't put in as much work as the other two did. Right, but hopefully, oh, hopefully it was on good terms and she still got a bit of Pay out from oh, the first book. Yeah, I'm sure she was fine. Certain dishes you want flakiness, but <laughs> <laughs> it really depends on what you're going oh, for. Sometimes you just want a crunch. Yeah. Oh, oh look crunch. at that. Oh, that's a beautiful crunch. But she and Simone were like very good friends their whole life. I lives. just watched the fourth season of uh, Australian Great Australian Bake Off, and on certain dishes, they're like, oh, what a beautiful crunch. <laughs> <laughs> already said this story on this episode about 40 minutes ago. <laughs> I did not recall that that's in any what, way. That's what I was referencing when I said crunch. I have no recollection of that. <laughs> and honestly, um, I think this is probably a good time to say do not drink alcohol if you're, yeah. any, if you're human. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. And don't it's, turn up to work after. If I were to ask... Oh, okay. <laughs> that feels that actually feels a little bit pointed. <laughs> Matt. Yeah. If, yeah, Matt. <laughs> if I was to ask you right now who this episode is about, could you tell me? <laughs> Julia and Juliet. <laughs> is that not right? <laughs> well, that's, that's close. I'll, I'll give you yeah, a pass. Yeah, give that give one. That's all right. But that is... So, you so started good. to launch it to the story you just told. <laughs> it's hosted by Claire Hooper. <laughs> Yeah, we know. I, I did tell that. Oh my god, that's real bad about the crunch. Yeah. Oh, that poor Uber driver. You probably just kept talking about Ned Kelly, and he's like, "What are you talking about?" That's like this guy's got some weird opinions on Ned Kelly. I've, I've had a look, and it it was an expensive Uber drive. So he just drove I was you around in that around? car for a long time. Oh my goodness! Oh, I'm so sorry for everyone, especially the people listening. <laughs> really, only the people listening. Yeah. That's okay. I'm Jess and Dave will forgive me, but for the listeners, I'm getting there. I had a good good time. She's a very interesting lady. Yeah, and when yeah, we're, we're, and look, Julia or Julia, I couldn't even Both. I couldn't even get everything in there. Like she's just given awards, and re- she releases so many books. She, yes, I just wanted to say I'm sure there's probably American listeners who are like I can't believe because I've 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 only heard the name. I, I wouldn't yeah. even recognize a photo of her. Yeah, but I'm sure there's people that are like, how could you not know her? But of course, for me. Not growing up in that generation and not growing up in the country where she's super famous, I knew nothing really. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. So she's a famous American <laughs> yes, person. Yeah, yeah. Hugely wow. famous She's in America, like huge yes. over there apparently. I, I yeah. She's adored. So I wasn't super surprised that she was chosen in the Patreon. Right. I thought I assumed she was a famous French person, but. No, she's American. No, she's American. We brought the, she's famous for bringing the French stuff back. Uh, yeah. And then making it accessible. 
And you probably mentioned that at some yeah. point tonight. Yeah, 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 at the start. So uh, her second book was called The French Chef Cookbook. Oh, no, I've already said that one. Her fourth book. Honestly, Jess, yes. don't repeat yourself. Sorry, mate. That's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Her fourth book was from Julia Child's Kitchen, and it was illustrated by her husband with photographs and uh, and documentation. What's wrong? She dropped his phone. Oh, that's okay. That'll be all right. Uh, yeah, so her, she's used her husband's photos to illustrate the book. Um, and well, That's nice that he took the photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, he was always taking photos and uh, sketching things for her and uh, he was an excellent supporter. They sound like a great couple. I reckon they're couples' goals. They sound sick. Do you that have was... any idea what happened to Charlie Child? No, I'm not sure about Charlie. Because I was really rooting against him and I... Should I have been? He's, he did blind his brother. Yeah, no. It, well, and, and was favoured, but that's not his fault. No, but to be fair, I read one article that mentioned him, and it was an article that sort of focused on the marriage between Julia and Paul and how they were a really nice like couple and very supportive of each other, a real unit, and it talked about Charlie and how Julia didn't particularly like him because he was just like he was antagonistic. He was always kind of like... Even in letters, and Paul wrote heaps of letters um, to Julia and to Charlie, and in all the letters, like Paul's kind of like offering advice on things, or like because Charlie was a painter, even though Paul was probably more talented. This article said, um, and so Paul would sort of be like, "Oh, you could do this," but like Charlie was always just talking about himself. It sounds like he was a little bit of a dick, right? Okay, good, but um, he's probably he's long dead now. I'm surely. actually feeling pretty attacked right now. Why? Is this about me? <laughs> <laughs> you are not a painter, nor is your name Charlie. Not a nor. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so she she's become this household name, like we were just talking about. People adore her. It was the sixties, and her show was unedited, so any mistakes or blunders were shown, which made people relate to her because she was authentic <laughs> she, and she was real. She frequently set fire to the house. And you're like, ah, oh, well, but no, if she like if she didn't that flip something. Cool. I love that. I love a show that doesn't edit. Just show us all the bucky, the bloody, the blucky, the blucky, the, no, the, like the peaks, the troughs, the ups and downs. If she tried to flip something and it didn't flip perfectly, she was like, "That's okay." I love Don't it. I love the it. idea that there's another show where they're like, "Nope, well let's flip again. it again." Um, so in the seventies and eighties, she was a star of numerous television programs, including Julia Child and Company, Julia Child and More Company, <laughs> Dinner at Julia's. Um, and for the 1979 book Julia Child and More Company, she won a National Book Award in the category of Current Interests. She's winning oh. awards left, right and centre. It's insane. Current Interests is one of the big book awards yeah. as well. Is that right, Dave? You're a book man. Yeah, I've heard of it. <laughs> she went on to publish nearly 20 titles under her name and with others. 20 books and she started at 50. That is, I mean, the first she one... started at 50 years old? Yeah. Oh, there's hope. <laughs> yeah. I feel that's for old people. She didn't even start cooking until she was in her 30s. Yeah. And then she became, and then this she became huge... the most famous cook in the country. Dave, yeah. How long till you're 30? We've talked about that as well on this yeah. episode. Six months. and a bit months. Six and a half Six. months. Are you really that far away? Yeah. I believe in you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I reckon you can do I reckon it. you start cooking. She was like early to mid 30s. You can do it. I mean, she became the, the, like influential and famous. As a... I just like the idea, not essentially, not necessarily cooking. But that there might be something else that I don't even know that I, I could do. Yeah, that would I become always... my fashion, like my passion, like fashion, for example. <laughs> yeah, passion like fashion, or judo, or something. You know, I could become the world's best. Like schnudo. 
All right, we can all rhyme, Dave. <laughs> yes, I've become the world's best rhymer. <laughs> Give me a word, I'll rhyme it. Any word, go. Grime. Time. <laughs> all right, needs word. Phil, 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 philanthropathy. Uh, Julian Mopperly. Hey, got you. You thought you had him there and he fucking got you. Well, I. Do you the feel word stupid? I said wasn't real. Do you feel stupid? Philanth- did stupid. I say a real word? Philanthropy is what you I said. I feel like I added an extra you did. syllable. Here, hey, here's one thing you might be able to relate to. I don't know. One thing that Julia loved most was butter. Oh, okay. I do like butter. butter. I love butter. I she like butter. I like butter. Was mad for butter. I love butter. And who, but her use of ingredients like butter and cream has been questioned by food critics and modern day nutritionists. Oh, she piss goes off. Heavy piss, on the butter. Piss off. Heavy on butter and cream. Ugh. But in an interview in 1990, she said, "Ugh, everyone's overreacting. If fear of food continues, it'll be the death of gastronomy in the United States." Uh, fortunately, the French don't suffer from the same hysteria that we do. We should enjoy food and have fun. It's one of the simplest and nicest pleasures in life. Preach, Julia. Isn't that good? Preach. But also in moderation, guys. Okay. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like she's making these extravagant French desserts, perhaps. You don't need to eat that Every four day. or five times a day. No, but when you put the effort in or someone makes it and it's fucking delicious, yes. enjoy a bit of it. Enjoy, it's all right. Enjoy the creamy goodness. Yum. Um, so she loves butter. Um, in the 80s, she had a regular segment on uh, Good Morning America, and she even travelled to Italy to do a five-part series on Italian food for the show's audience. The show received over 100,000 letters about this segment she did. They were mad for it. What? Wow. They loved her and they loved uh, her on GMA. In 1991, she worked with the Boston University to launch a Master's of Liberal Arts degree in gastronomy. And in 1993, she was inducted into the Culinary Institute of America's Hall of Fame, the first woman to ever be inducted in 1993. Wow, she's pretty old by that stage, in her 80s. Yeah, she's in her 80s. And in in 1994, sadly, her husband Paul passed away at the age of 92. Great work, Paul. Good on you, Paul. So they had 50 good years together. Yeah. And um, in in one of her cookbooks, uh, the the French chef cookbook, she... uh, she summed up her relationship with Paul and she said this. She said, Paul Child, the man who is always there, porter, dishwasher, official photographer, mushroom dicer and onion chopper, editor, fish illustrator, manager, taster. Fish illustrator. <laughs> yeah, he drew the fish. Idea man, oh. resident poet and husband. That is great. And that's that the, nice? the longest business card I've ever read. <laughs> he does it all. And I like how she left... Husband to last. That's the most that's... important. Best for last. Oh, oh, I thought you leave the least important to last. That's how the yeah. French do it. Best for last. Best for last. Best for last. Don't you? When you're eating a meal, don't you save a little bit of your favourite? Yeah, I always say uh, rigatoni, lasagna, sauce, <laughs> mushrooms, sauté, bit of spinach on the side, husband. <laughs> that's how I always describe my dish. I was talking about when you eat a meal... How often are you describing dishes? All the time. Yeah, that's true. You do have a little, actually. I'm always describing it. I'm always eating my husband last. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everyone, hang on. Maddie, you're doing so well. We are in the final few minutes. Final throws. Final throws. <laughs> of your life. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to fucking kill you. In the year 2000, <laughs> Julia Child received the French Legion of Honor. Still alive. Still alive. Wow. She was awarded the US Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2003. 
She, what? she received honorary doctorates from Harvard University, Johnson and Wales University, Smith College, Brown University, <laughs> Smith. and several others. You got another one from Smith. <laughs> Smith. That's the thing that was probably referenced earlier. The way that <laughs> yeah. talked you, about it. You were fascinated by it, mate. I love the idea of Smith, and I obviously we know. Yeah, we know you before. love the idea. She was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame uh, in 2007. There's a Women's Hall of Fame? Yeah, we need a separate one. <laughs> As a yes, 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 yes. But, but can, where guess. are the famous but, women? Yeah, but is there a Men's Hall of Like, you know, it's usually specific, like there's a sports yeah. person. Very good, Dave. Rockin', where's rockin the rockin Men's <laughs> Hall of Fame? I agree with Dave. <laughs> You'll have a what about us? <laughs> You'll have a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But is there? No, honestly, Dave is should there be cancelled. Is there one? It's just for women of all fields. Women, the women's hall. The of women's fame. hall of fame. That's fun. I've never I heard want, of it. I want to look this up. <laughs> looking it up. It's an American institution created in 1969. Ah, uh, the summer of love in New York. Anyway. There uh, you go. I'm sure because she's also in the Culinary Hall of Fame. You said she was the first, first woman, woman in, in the. the no, no, no. Sorry. The women's culinary <laughs> And she was the first woman in that as well. She's the only one. Um, on August 13, 2004, Julia Child died of kidney failure in Montecito, California, two days before her 92nd birthday. Oh, well, so great work. good innings. All she, good things must come to an end. That's true. Very well spoken. And her last meal was one of her favourite dishes. Ah. French onion soup. Oh, that sounds real yuck. Yeah, it's pretty gross. With lots of butter. Probably. But when you're 92. Yeah, you got to suck it down. Could I get one that is edible with a straw? <laughs> yeah. got to take my teeth out. The same as for breakfast and lunch and dinner. For the first time in a very long time, I've added some fun facts. Oh, I'm, so, I'm really excited. I haven't done this in Yonks. I don't know how fun they are. I love fun facts. Well, as always, Jess will decide. <laughs> it's my And call. in my stead will be Jess. Me. <laughs> You will be Jess. In your stead. In my stead. You're going to be we'll Jess. be Jess. Okay. Me. So she loved butter so much that there was a butter yellow rose variety named after her. Yes. There's a rose that's like a yellowy color. That is fun. The Julia Child Oh, rose. I'm having fun with this. <laughs> that, is, that is so good. When you're saying this person that you've probably been talking about for, what, an hour, I guess? Has she been the subject? Yes. Well, my goodness me, what a fun fact. <laughs> that is great. No, honestly, that is a really fun fact. Here's another one. Her kitchen, which was used as a set for three of her cooking shows, was donated and is now on display at the National Museum of American History in Washington, D.C. That is a fun fact. <laughs> I'm having so much fun. I can't even believe it. I wanted. I want to fake it, but I can't. I'm having oh my fun. God, I feel so good about this. One more. Um, the 2009 film, Julie and Julia, which we've talked about, was based on two books. It was based on Julia Child's memoir, My Life in France, and a book written by Julie Powell, Julie and Julia, My Year of Cooking Dangerously. The success of this film, combined with a tied-in uh, tied reissue of the 40th anniversary edition, caused Master of the Mastering the Art of French Cooking to once again become a bestseller in the United States 48 years after its initial release. Honestly, that is fucking making me feel so happy. I feel like I'm having the most fun I've had in my whole life. Throw me a bloody fun ball because I want to juggle it. That's how much fun I'm having. I want to juggle a fun ball. Can we get a fun ball in here? Get a fun ball over here. Get this man a fun ball. Get this man a fun ball. 
That's sick. That three of the funnest facts I've ever heard. Three fun facts. I fucking did it. Who Honestly, knew I could? Who well knew done. I could? Well I mean, done. the report was so fun, let alone the facts. Yeah. Honestly, that is so sick. I love everything about it. <laughs> who do? But who do you love? Who was that about? Julia and Julia. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a great report about two, and especially one of the best French and American cuisinists of all time. Well, that was my report on Julia. Great Child. work, Jess. That, that was so honestly, good. honestly <laughs> impressive that you could get through that. <laughs> get, like having that much fun. That was genuinely so much fun. <laughs> we did and, it. Uh, I've been watching the great show, <laughs> <laughs> and at one point they talked about crunch. I said that and the crunch thing. The full story. Oh my the God. full story. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. Can you edit it out? Absolutely not. I the, don't know how I could. That's the funniest I part was, of the whole show. I was mid something important and I, you felt the need to bring up crunch I, again. I, I was certain you were making a, a reference I'm to I'm so sorry, but can you understand that my team lost the Super Bowl Aww. and a bowl is what you eat out of, <laughs> I guess. The Super Bowl of French soup, the final meal. Onion. Honestly, that was that was real great. It's beautiful. Even, the best thing about it, I wish, and I really thought coming into this room that the best thing about it was going to be that you're wearing the same jumper. <laughs> but it wasn't. Your no. report was even better than that. We're happy to help. But, hey, um, I think for this week, because it's time for everybody's favourite part of the show. Oh, my goodness. That's right. Mate. It's our Patreon section of the show. Now, people support the show on Patreon. It really does keep it going and makes it come. It makes sure it comes out every week. Rain, make, hail, you or said alcoholic shine. You said it makes it come. <laughs> you said it makes it come, No, Dave. they make it come. Because we were actually meant to recall this a few days ago. Yes. And we somehow we fucked, up. fucked it we up. We fucked up. We didn't have the tools to do it. And now I had to do it on Super Bowl day, which was not meant to be how it was going to go. Look, our job doesn't require a lot of equipment. Okay, thank you. But Finally, we, but we someone it said up. it. We fucked it up. We fucked up the equipment we had. Isn't it weird that I was not meant to be here now? And in a lot of ways, we're all laughing and Matt being a bit of a fuckhead. But he wasn't actually meant to do this. He'd planned his old day around not being here. He was meant to be in bed or something better. <laughs> So all I want to say is that we're all having a good time and it's great to be here. And it's time for everyone's favourite part of the show. That's right. People support the show on Patreon and if they do that, you can uh, get a whole bunch of rewards. Oh, my goodness. There's two bonus episodes that come out every month that only those people here. You get to vote for the topics, steer what the show is going to be all about. There's a Facebook group where people chat about stuff. There's a lot of uh, a lot of rewards. That I you very can get. infrequently put out a newsletter. That's right. Oh, you do. Jess actually weekly, ideally, puts out a newsletter. Um, it's not, a, it hasn't been weekly for a while. You're, well, I mean, that was. I think a lot of that was the Christmas it's slash summer, summer holidays. holidays. But I think normally you you put it out weekly. I get there. I reckon the the last few months has been a bit. You know, it's been full on for everyone. Jesus's birth, et me especially. Uh, Oh, but but a, you're also you're not only supporting Dugon, you're also supporting Dave. And I was on Dave's podcast this week, and it felt right. so good to be on there. It was great to have you on, and you hadn't had a single thing to drink. What was that like? It was. It was I was amazing. boring, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really fun episode. So Matt was on with uh, Cast My Show's book cheat, where I uh, tell them about a famous book, and it was part one and two of three. Of uh, Charles Dickens' A Tale of Two Cities. Oh. Which is also, what is that going to be about episode 40? So you've talked about a lot of classic books. Yeah, that's right. So you can check that out. And you're also supporting Matt's show's Primates, where he talks about primates in popular culture. Yes, which I, uh, uh, the most recent episode was about the Star Wars mini
miniseries The Mandalorian, which is a lot of fun. I love that series. It was actually the first time that we had, of all four of us on the show, we all gave it a perfect score. Whoa! It was um, Actually, I was surprised by that because I loved it. Obviously, I gave it a perfect score, but I was surprised that everyone... It was unanimously loved, so that was a lot of fun. That's great. And I do another show about uh, rock and roll music, if you like rock. And a couple of the nerds in this room probably don't. But uh, We love salmon jumpers. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, and a couple jazz. Of salmon heads. <laughs> <laughs> but I love rock. And we uh, do a show with my cousin Sam about rock and roll music called Listen Now. The first season was about Cold Chisel, probably the rockinest band of all time. Yeah. Probably. But anyway, one of the things you get to do at a certain level is submit a fact, a quote, or a question. That's right. And we read it out. And those people uh, give us their name. And then they also give themselves a title. Yes. But we uh, we also read out. Jess, do you want to do one and I'll do another one? Usually Thank it's a Matt. Thank you so much for Usually it's Matt's job. Yes. But we, uh, we're taking the role away from him. Yeah, we'll take that away. Yeah, go for it. Do I you was wondering why you were actually taking the computer out of my hands. Yeah. But I now that I know what you're doing, I appreciate Makes it. Makes sense. All right, our first fact, quote, or question of this week is Karen Loder. Karen Loder. Great name there, Karen. And uh, Karen has given themselves the name uh, or the nickname, the title, the Sydney Scheinberg Apparition Club President slash Treasurer. Oh, fantastic Ooh. nickname. I already oh, love Karen Loder. Is <laughs> yeah, it's a great name. So good. That sounds like a rock name. Yeah, Karen Loder. Fr- front woman of a band, yeah. Karen Loder. Karen Loder and the Mignettes. Yeah, playing guitar and singing. Yeah. Karen Loder. Love it. Uh, so thanks, Karen Loder, Sydney Scheinberg Apparition Club President slash Treasurer. And she has given us a question. Why did you not think that Mignettes was a weird thing to say? I can't let that go. Like, everyone's listening going, oh, everyone thought that was a good thing to say. It wasn't. All right, now let's move on. Uh, we've got a question from Karen. And in true Matt fashion, I actually haven't read this in advance. So here we go. The question for us from Karen is, what is the one thing that people do that really pisses you off when in public? <laughs> well. Oh, okay. Well, let's not make this about me just in case. <laughs> uh, well, Matt's been doing a bit of it. I hate when people spit in public. <laughs> <laughs> he spat to a bit. You're not in public, though. It's not that bad. I find yeah, that, I I find that like to spitting. be absolutely. That is actually really gross. It is horrific. I would never do that. I just There's hate also it when people are walking on the footpath and just stop. Or walking in like the middle of a shopping centre and they just stop and like look at their phone or something. Yeah. I'm like, pull over! Put the indicator on. Pull over. Move over! I, I was driving today through a, an area. You were driving? This morning, pre, <laughs> at the very beginning of the day, pre-Super Bowl. Yes. And there was, there was just a car in front of me that was just, I mean, this is an, I can't remember what the question was. What pisses you off? But it was the car in front of me just started meandering, like uh. hoping hoping that someone would open up a car park. It's uh. like, arsehole, pull over yeah. or keep driving. One of the two. Yeah, very frustrating. So what a clown. What is a clown car? <laughs> when people don't say thank you in the car, when they don't give you a little oh, wave and you let them in. Mil- my biggest fuck pet- you. You could have scraped my car, ripped off my wing mirror and told me to go fuck myself, but at the end if you'd give me a wave and said, thanks, I'd be like, you are forgiven, I love you. Yeah, big time. I will forgive any behaviour if you give a wave, but if even if I let you in and you don't thank me, I do wish death upon you. I get really angry in that moment. Yeah, big time. We're real bad people. Yeah. yeah. If that was your question, yeah, you're right. We're, yeah. Bad, we're bad people. <laughs> what makes you sound like a bad person on this podcast? Correct. Oh, but thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. What pisses you off, Karen? Let oh, us know. Tell us. 
Karen, tell us. Tell us, Karen. Karen, tell us. So, Karen, Karen, tell us. Honestly, Karen, tell us on one of the the because if you're on uh, the what's the thing we're talking about? Patreon. Patreon, you get on the uh, Facebook group. Yep. Also on the Patreon group. Tell us on one of those, Karen. I would. Karen, I love your name. I honestly, Karen is a name that sometimes gets made fun of. I love Karen as a name. It's a sick name. Do you? Yeah, I love it. What's her surname? Loader. Person. I love Karen Person. <laughs> a fantastic name. Karen Loader is even better. Here's another name you'll love as well, though, because I'm going to read one as well. And this week, it's from Soph Waldron. Oh, I love Soph Waldron as We a love name. Soph. And... I went and saw a band called Cold Chisel with Soph Waldron. You did. No, we had. We had. I was actually probably more drunk than this. Wow! And I but it, when time. you walked in, you said you've never been this drunk. Did I? Yeah, well, that was a lie. You okay. did say no. It was. I've never. I haven't been this drunk for so long. And how long ago was that gig? Like two, three weekends ago. Two, three weekends ago. <laughs> <laughs> I should so, have said on a Monday morning. There we go. So Soph's uh, title. She goes. I'm sticking with unofficial photographer of the live shows because I can't think of anything. Well, that's good because Soph has been possibly to more live shows than any other person on this earth. Yeah, I reckon that might be right. She's got to be up there. And is always very friendly, loves to have a chat with us at the end. We love to have a chat to Soph as well. And because she's so friendly, other people see her and ask, hey, will you take a photo of us? Yeah, she's always the one taking the photos. And we we appreciate it. We love you. So uh, Soph has gone for a quote. I love a quote. The, and, and, and there's I, no more work to be done by me. I also haven't read this. So and I also don't have to talk about Jess or Dave's identical salmon sweaters. It's. I mean, I've never known alcohol to give someone colour blindness. <laughs> All right, your, yours is <laughs> rusty. This is yours orange. Is salmon. This but is it's orange. very similar. We we need to take a photo we'll on post. We'll it's close enough to be the same, basically. It's in the same world. So this quote from Soph. <laughs> Is there is no iron in the iron you use to iron your shirts, which is ironically both ironic and unironic. And that quote was from Jeremy Irons. <laughs> Whoa, oh my god, who Whoa. played um, Scar? Ah, in... uh, so it's going to be so disappointed because she added, "I have Blanking. no idea if he actually said that, but the idea of making Matt read this out without practicing in advance was too entertaining oh, not to do it." Sorry, so oh. sorry, so if he was too shit faced to do Let it. Let me read it. No. No, we just don't have time. I don't want you throwing up on my laptop. I need to say, Jeremy's iron. That's fantastic, Soph. Really I read it one. in my mind, even if Justin let me read it out loud. We also have to thank some people. I'm Jeremy Irons. That's my impersonation of him. That's pretty good. I think I'm I Scar. Know. I'm an English man and a lion. I didn't really change my voice there. No. Could you do that in post? Yes. Thank you. Um, so finally what we like to do as well is just give a shout-out to some people who uh, support us on Patreon, which you can do at patreon.com forward slash do go on pod. Absolutely. And uh, we usually play a game that you come up with, Jess. Oh, yeah. To sort of uh, thank, read let's, out the people's names and then give them, a, give them a little nickname or something. What do you think? Should we name their cookbook? Oh, fantastic. Oh, Yes. Is that a good idea? I yeah. love it. Okay, great. Easy. Do you want to kick things off, Dave? I'd love to kick things off. Now, first of all, I would like to thank all the way from an unknown address. I have not trusted us with their address, but thank you so much for your support anyway. Christina Nitschke. Christina Nitschke. Love the name, Christina. I'm not sure where you are in the world, but appreciate you uh, supporting the show, Christina Nitschke. All right, Christina Nitschke's cookbook. 
Um, uh, the Spanish handbag. Oh, fantastic. Love that. The Spanish handbag. Spanish handbag. I love that. Hmm. What's the theme? Uh, Spanish food. Yes. And it's all dishes yep. that have things inside them. Oh, I love that. It's like, like a croquette yes! or like a, like, um, uh, like a pie. Yep. Yep. These are my favorite things. It, like. how, how's Nitschke spelled? It's not like Nietzsche. Like N-I-T-S-C-H-K-E. Right. I think Dave nailed it. Because all I can think of is the Tism song about Nietzsche, uh, which is something I wish, wish I could remember. It was one of their early demos, but it's called something like Went and saw a Nietzsche double feature. Oh. Is it like that? Yes. Does that help? Yep. We can work it in. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll work it in and post. Uh, thank you, Christina. I'd also like to thank, uh, this time from Glasgow, fantastic part of the world that we were in not that long ago, mm. Niall Adam Dixon. Okay. N-A-D. You know who was oh, born Nats. there? Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly. And also Jimmy Barnes, previous... Topic of the show. Yes. Well, Nad, N-A-D, Niall Adam Dixon, what do you think for a cookbook? I would say, based on the fact that he's from the place that Jimmy Barnes is from, I'd call it... (laughs) 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 I really wish I could have nailed that scream because that that made it sound like I was making fun of him. That Uh, would look really good on the title of a book cover. I'm so sorry, Jimmy. I actually thought I was going to nail that What scream. about just the Screaming Cowboy Cookbook? Oh, Screaming Cowboy Cookbook. Oh, that Thank is you, good. Jess. Thanks for saving. Does cu- that work? What about a culinary guide through the Wild Wild West after that? That's, <laughs> that's the that's the Screaming Cowboy Cookbook, just... a culinary guide through the Wild Wild West. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. You've nailed it. I think Nad should make this. Nad's got to make it. <laughs> Are we doing – should we thank two people each and or do you want to go for three? I'll do th- – we'll do three each. I, might, go, I won't get go a good for it. You're honest. No, you're not so getting it. Honestly, yeah. you're actually not letting me look at the – No. Okay. <laughs> Dave, take it away. Uh, one more person for me this week. I'd like to thank uh, from Melbourne right here in uh, Victoria. <laughs> uh, can you see why we've taken it away from you? Um, Rowan Hitchcock. Rowan Hitchcock. Oh, I, love, I love the cock. Okay. What about some kind of Hitchcock <laughs> film? Uh, the 39 Steps to Making Meals. Ah, the birds. <laughs> eat, eat the birds. Feed the birds. These are tuppence the a bag. Tuppence, tuppence, tuppence a bag. Beautiful. Plenty, plenty of options there. So, yeah, you. enjoy that. <laughs> Rowan Hitchcock, a pleasure to uh, have you on the Patreon. And maybe we'll see, we're doing our shows at the Melbourne Comedy Festival coming up soon. Maybe we'll see you there, Rowan. Uh, JP, would you like to uh, thank a few people? I would. I would like to thank a good friend of ours from Leicester in the UK, our photographer friend. (gasps) Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) What? It's Liam. (gasps) Kewen. Liam. I love this man so much. He's a great man. Isn't it weird that a photographer is hotter than everyone else? It's crazy. Get in front of the camera. Get in front. Get in front. Hey, don't objectify him, though. Sorry. He's also a lovely person. Honestly, a great photographer. And it doesn't even matter that he's hot. Doesn't matter. Doesn't even matter. Doesn't define you. Doesn't matter. And a nice guy, too. It doesn't matter that he's nice, and I'd love to hang out with him all the time and look at him. It doesn't even matter in that way. Do you like to go surfing with him? You go surfing. Oh, yeah, I'd go surfing with him easy. I'd hang 10, All hang right. five. So what 
What would Liam's cookbook be called? It would be it would be like a photography-based one, wouldn't it? Like yeah. pictures of meals. Oh, yes. Which That'd... is honestly the best part of cookbooks. Yeah, oh, yeah. Looking at it and going, oh, ne- it might not never look that good. No, God, I, no. Which is I... what I think when I look at his face. <laughs> Something like hot food, nude. That's Hot what... nude food. Hot nude food. Hot nude food. Tastefully hot nude food. <laughs> hot nudes. And then food is in much it's smaller good. print. Because that's the one thing about him, and I, I think we found it when he uh, photographed us. Yes. It's very tasteful. <laughs> oh, our nudity was so tasteful. Yeah, yeah you can really. At first, I'm like, "What? Do I need to be nude backstage here?" Or he on was like, stage? "Trust the process." And I said, "Okay." As long by the end tasteful. of the night, by the end of the night, I felt it was weird when I was putting my clothes back on. Yeah, it felt unnatural. I still feel weird to put clothes on, <laughs> and I certainly feel weird watching you wearing salmon knits. <laughs> So people are going to be so disappointed. I would never wear salmon. Just you, putting that on the record. Rust knit, salmon knit. You've talked about it it's so much. It's wild the fact that you're wearing basically the same top. It is crazy. You know what else is crazy? Our love for Liam. Thank you, Liam. <laughs> thank you, and Liam. I'd also love to thank. Uh, that was actually the best I've ever heard. Thank you so much. From Box Hill North here in Victoria, I would love to thank Ruby O'Day. Oh, that's a great name. That's a great one. I love the name Ruby. That's a great name. Yeah. Box Hill Hawks. One of the uh, state-based footy teams. Oh. What about Ruby? Okay, what for Ruby? Um, um, oh, Ruby Murray. And it's a it's a book entirely about curries. Because oh, Ruby, Ruby Murray, Murray is curries. rhyming slang for curry. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love that. It's a curry cookbook called Ruby Murray. Ruby Murray. And it's also, and that book is in a cube. Yes. Yeah, I, I like love on, on, that on display. Rubik's. <laughs> Thank you for showing you working out there. Rubik's. I got to show the working there. <laughs> Ruby. Thank you, Ruby. <laughs> Ruby, I have a Ruby Murray. I love on it on the house. Oh, I, I, I got... actually can't wait to do it a curry now. Yeah. What's your favorite curry? Uh, muscle man. Oh, you're a muscle man fan. Fair enough. Love Dave. a muscle man. What's the one that we sometimes get? Where it's like a like a creamy ball of potato, like. Yours is it's like a goby spicy or something. veggies. I know what you're like. You need all the words to be in English. He can't I handle know. spicy. I love like a dal. A... Oh, yeah, dal fan. What's the one? It's like called... a No, it's called like a goby or something like that. Yeah, gobies are good. Gobby. You love gobbies. I love gobbies. You love gobbies. <laughs> Put me down for one. <laughs> nope, two. <laughs> I'm a big gobby fan. But no, I am um, I'm a big. I'm a big dal fan too. D- dals, let me tell you. Da, toots, let me tell you. <laughs> hey, I've got, I've got, well, two more people to thank by the looks of this next uh, oh, okay. entry. Again, no uh, record of where they're from, so we can only guess. But I would love to thank. I reckon Bermuda. Cameron Bass. Oh. And Bass Nick, and the Plus. Nick McLean. Oh, right. How are they a combo and no, why? I don't know. I don't know. I don't fucking make the rules. That's just how they wrote their name could, on Patreon. Could be Cameron Base as well. Could be ba- Base or Bass. Hard to Cameron know. Base in the place London. I love that. Um, because there's been a few good cooking duos. I remember oh, in, yeah. in the 90s enjoying uh, Two Fat uh, Ladies. Julia and Julius. <laughs> yep. Do you remember Two Fat Ladies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go around on their bikes. And they, what about the, uh, the, the biker, the hairy biker combo? Oh, uh, yeah. What are they called? The hairy biker bros? Hairy bikers? I don't know. And that's as surfy Aussie bros. So you're thinking these two are a, a fun duo? A duo. Yeah. Is, is... Do you think the three of us could be a cool cooking duo? No. Yeah. 
Dave can't cook. Yeah, oh. that's why you're a good. That's right. Yeah. Well, oh, Dave, yeah, okay. Dave would be the front. Do, the, can you make do, cocktails I, or something? Can I you do make the, a drink? Where, where, I'll do the washing up. Where oh, in yeah, the back being fun and Dave's in the front being hot? Yeah. Like, did hey, you? Why can't I be the hot one? Well, on YouTube recently, two people said Dave's hot. And normally everyone else says we're annoying. So when they said he was hot, I'm like, what's going on? Some positive we loved comments. It. Matt Amazing. screenshotted it and sent it to our group chat. It was like, check this out. <laughs> it made me feel good. It was very exciting. I felt good too. They said I was hot. Well, I, I already knew it. You were a hot man. You probably don't see it because you're always looking at me. Yeah. But um, you are hot. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. What about this duo, this fantastic Cameron Bass and Nick McLean? Oh. All right. Should we go for oh. a word association? Yeah, word association. Yeah. Okay. Matt's going oh. last. Okay. I mean, Bass is already a fish. McLean is already what you do at the end of a cooking I'll session. I'll set it up. Mm-hmm. Jess says a word. Matt says a word. Yeah. Okay. The two fresh heads. The two fresh heads. That's pretty good. <laughs> they are. If you look at them, they are two real fresh heads. Yeah. Oh, God. Look at those fresh heads. A couple of fresh heads on them. I'm glad the word I said was a real word. Hads. It really Hads. I saved I'm glad that you saved yeah. I saved it with an interpretation. You moulded it into a, yeah. a word. Thank it's you. a team effort. Hads. Just like the team effort from Cameron Bass and Nick McLean. Thanks for supporting the show on Patreon and all the people that do. It makes our lives a lot easier. We can do it every week because of you. And uh, if you want to join the club, again, it's patreon.com slash dogoonpod. Yeah. Yeah. And you can go to our website, dogoonpod.com, where you can buy T-shirts and pins that are on sale now. And the big finale, I mean, pretty much ends the show, but is there anyone to induct into the Triptych Club? I don't know. Because <laughs> where is that? We'll work that out next week. Don't worry about it. We'll do it next okay, week. Great. Let's do it next week. Fantastic. Well, don't you worry about More it. Well, I, everyone, week. sit on the edge of your seats. It's it could exciting. Be, it could be you. It could be you. Did you uh, support Patreon <laughs> about three years three ago? Years ago? <laughs> Cause it could be you. Well, thank you so much for listening to us talk this week. <laughs> Hey, we as, got there. As we do every the, week. The fact that you two couldn't figure that out makes me feel almost worthwhile. <laughs> and uh, if you're still listening you to this. can't figure out your fucking tabs in this Google Doc. Hey, mate, I'd tab it up. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. We will be back next week probably with a more sober episode. But, hey, every now and then pe- it's been a while since we've had a drunk one and yeah. uh, people have been requesting it. So let us know. What did you think? How tedious was it? Yeah, if you hated it, probably don't. Yeah, actually, we know. I wanted to put a caveat there saying only let us know if it's positive, if you loved it. Yeah, if you hate it, it's all right. I love to live in a happy place. I only ever want positive feedback. That's fine. Jess did too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much for listening. And until next week, we'll say thank you and goodbye. Later. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.